what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Is Lost a good TV show? Well, is it punk? Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. We don't know, but we're finding out. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. Today we have episode 7, The Moth. Last week, we had so many things to say about the title, House of the Rising Sun, mostly me apologizing. Uh, The Moth, much more boring of a title. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I would say this is the first episode that does make you really think that you need to answer the question, is Lost a good TV show? Yeah, I, uh, given the uh, subject matter of who we're kind of focusing on this episode, um, yeah, I think this is probably the worst one we've seen so far, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Which is a bummer, because it comes right after House of the Rising Sun. And, well, like, Dominic Moynihan is good. Like, I don't think that he's a bad actor. Um, I think he's a great actor. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but they've made Charlie so unlikable. Yes, and actually, I should clarify, I do think he's a bad actor politically, but I don't think he's a bad actor in terms of his acting style, sure. and I just want to make sure that I get that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, he, Charlie is, I mean, even, and this, the worst thing is, is like, I'm watching this episode and I'm like, this isn't even that bad for like a Charlie episode, this is like as good as it gets, mm-hmm. I think. I think there might be one that is actually in the like rankings of like, oh, this is a great episode of Lost uh, later on down the line, but... And this one is good. It has good parts of it. But I think, especially when you look at uh, Yoon Jin Kim and Daniel Day Kim absolutely carrying last episode on mm-hmm. their backs compared to Dominic Moynihan, just, he's, he's charming when he wants to be, but Charlie is not that compelling of a character, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and it hurts this episode a little bit. That is the fun of having an ensemble show. Yeah, should we get right into it? Episode 7 here, The Moth, aired November 3rd, 2004, directed by Jack Bender. Um, and we'll, we'll get plenty more, but it's always always great to see his name pop up. Written by uh, Jennifer Johnson and Paul Dini, or Dini. Paul Dini is like a famous uh, comic book writer. He did work on like the like the Batman animated series, and he's done a lot of... A lot of different comic book adaptations. Um, it's interesting that they would recruit him for Lost. Yeah, especially because I was looking through the stuff that he's done. He hasn't really done much other live action stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all been like comic books or like cartoons that are you know based on comic books. And then Jennifer Johnson has been has worked on a bunch of stuff. She was, I should say, she was the co showrunner, I guess. Uh, for the TV show Alcatraz. Did you ever see that one? No, what was that on? Was that so Network that, TV 2? That was Fox, okay. yes. And it was a. Um, it was also a J.J. Uh, Abrams show. Oh, and it, I didn't know it that. It starred Jorge Garcia. I think it came out like just really right after Lost ended. It wasn't, it wasn't the first Lost copycat, but it was kind of in that vein. I remember liking it a lot, but it might have just been me... You know, Jorge Garcia is great in Lost, and he's great. He he was good on that show, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I might have just been 
it might have just been coasting on how much I liked him. But yeah, we have our first first female writer, which is a little bit incongruous when you look at how Kate is, is written uh, this episode, mm-hmm. which I would say poorly. Uh, not to lay it all at her feet. So, starting off, we're going in the cave. Charlie, this is our first episode, I think, that doesn't end, or doesn't begin with an eye opening. Uh, it instead starts on Charlie's guitar, which he is uh, trying to play, but he is going through withdrawals. He doesn't really look bad. good. He's strung up. He looks real bad. Yeah, <laughs> he real looks sweaty. like a corpse. Mm-hmm. He's trying to play his guitar, having a hard time with it, and Locke comes by and says, hey, let's go for a walk. Down on the beach, uh, Jack is staring at Kate's mugshot, but she catches him. Oh, I can't imagine anything more awkward and cringy than my crush catching me. Yeah. Look at my picture. I What if, if he'd been, like, kissing it, though? That would have been worse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it is one of those things where you're just like, I don't know, man. I think that's the moment that you decide to keep it a secret, maybe that mugshot has to go into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, or maybe just admit it. finally to having a crush on her. Like, yeah, they're both adults. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. He's going to be sitting in the caves, staring at the mugshot, thinking, I wonder if Kate's looking at the same stars I am <laughs> right now. They have a very weird conversation here, I think. Kate asks if he's mad at her, and he says he's not, and, you know, I just don't understand why you won't come to the caves... Uh, with me. Oh, I mean us. Um, so he's clearly framing it in his mind as a rejection of him, mm-hmm. not a rejection of the caves. Uh, Kate says that Said has a plan to find to triangulate the transmission from the French woman. Uh, and Jack says he wishes he, that he shared her faith, but you know he doesn't think they're getting off the island anytime soon. Uh, Sawyer comes in saying he wouldn't mind sharing a few things uh, with Kate uh, himself. Uh, we don't know what that means um i i went through the commentary through lostpedia nobody explains it sawyer's moving into jack's tent which is fair it's a great tent it's the only like actual structure anyone's built Mm -hmm. which is wild to me like we'll get a shot of the beach later where like there's like somebody just like chilling on like the part of an engine that's just a big silver u that's sitting on the beach and i'm just like turn that thing upside down put a blanket over it right you get yourself a shelter there's actually shade yeah, yeah, you guys can walk like 40 feet inland and then just sit underneath a tree. You don't have to bake on the beach all day. We cut back uh, to Charlie, who is looking for Locke, I guess, and he starts running from a boar. We go into our first flashback, which is Charlie in a confession booth. He is confessing to a pre about how much sex he has. Mm-hmm. And he he's doing it with one woman, he says, and then he's... He's, you know, doing it with another one, and then wouldn't you know it, they're they're going at it themselves. This, to me, it's funny in the moment, right? Like, it's not, it's, it's you know, it's kind of funny to have to explain to a priest all the bad things that you've done and be like, oh, wait, no, wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels like a two-and-a-half-men joke, but, you know, it's funny enough. But it actually kind of, I think, highlights part of the problem for me, which is that it seems like what you want to for this episode is for Charlie to go from being like this choir boy to being this like, you know, drug adult washed up rock star. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I don't believe that he is religious really. Mm -mm. Like it seems like he's kind of making a joke here in the confession booth. And then like the whole rest of the episode hinges on like 
how he wants to be a good little boy and not do the band anymore. But, like, I just don't see it here. It's not believable. No. He says, you know, he says to the priest, oh, I'm conflicted about the situations that, you know, this band puts me into. And the priest says, well, you, you know, everyone has temptations, but you choose to, to give in to them. Um, and then we've got Charlie's brother, Liam. Music is, uh, slut. Oh my gosh, I have that in all caps in my notes. I was yeah. so ready to talk about this. Mm-hmm. What a great shirt. Where do you think it ranks in terms of that one versus the 30 Rock business slut? I mean, the business slut for me is number <laughs> yes. one. Like, of course. The rhinestones. The... Yeah, this one wasn't sparkly enough. Yeah, this one wasn't sparkly enough. Um, but it's up there. This is a top tier shirt. Yeah, it. To me, it excuses the entire rest of this episode, just <laughs> yeah. this one wardrobe choice. This is so, the highlight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Charlie, now, did you catch that these two were brothers? I did. Over the course of this episode? Yeah, okay, you, I, I think you, I okay, got it. Interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was pretty yeah, nuanced. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really hit you over the head with it in every single scene that they shared together. And, uh, yeah, so his brother Liam is... Uh, waiting in the church, tells Charlie they've just been signed. You're going to be a bloody rock god. So, uh, back on the island, Charlie is running from the boar uh, that is chasing him. And he runs and runs, and then he leads the boar right into a trap. And the, the boar gets hot, you know, caught up in some cargo netting. Now, Emma, do you, do you think our listeners know what a boar is? I think you, we should discuss have- it. Okay, so basically it's like a 250-pound rat with scimitar-like tusks and a surly disposition. And it's willing to eviscerate, you know, anything that comes near to it. So that's basically what a boar is. Okay. Just so everybody knows. (laughs) Uh, I didn't have to write that one down this time. Yeah. So yeah, Locke was using him as bait. Um, Do you think, like, do you think that he knew that he was bait? Because it wasn't, like, super clear to me. No. I think Charlie was just running for his life, which is why that's an extremely bad plan. Charlie could have took, you know, taken off in any direction. Yeah. Right. I don't... Yeah. It doesn't make any sense when you think about it. But I think you... Because I keep thinking about that deleted scene where Locke was being, like, super... Or, like, really manipulative to Charlie. And it really changes this interaction. I feel if they yeah. had kept it in. Um, yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I think you're still supposed to see him as manipulative here. And like he's kind of willing to sacrifice a little bit. Not that Charlie got sacrificed, but he could have been. Mm-hmm. Or seriously um, hurt. It wouldn't even Charlie's... be the first time that that happened on the island where somebody got hurt by the boar. Yeah, I think last time it was Charlie that got hit by the boar. Mm-hmm. Oh, also Michael. And Michael, That's a good yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. It could have also just been Charlie that got hit by the net. Like... I don't yeah, know. I know. It's a bad, it's a bad plan. It's not Mark. a good plan. But who are we to judge? Because it does work. He does get the boar. This time it is an actual boar. It is not CGI. That's a real real boar sitting in that cargo netting. A real get. Yeah, yeah. We need to, I am realizing right now I did not find out the name of the boar. So uh, Charlie asks Locke for his drugs back. And Locke says, you know what? I... If, if you ask me for that three times, I'm going to give them back to you. And this is one. And he's doing it so that Charlie has a choice. And then he slits the boar's throat. Uh, pretty gross. Saeed, 
on the beach is explaining his plan to Boone and Kate uh, to triangulate the signal. So, I, I don't understand how that works, and I'm not going to think about it. I think the idea is just that Said has found a way to do that. I don't know how you're... Because even when he finally gets the signal of all of them going, all it says is, like... Received. Yeah, received. So, like, what is he supposed to do with that? I don't know. Whatever. To me, this plan was flawed from the start because he included Boone in it. And I know Boone <laughs> didn't screw it up, technically, but, like, you had to know it was going to go south. That guy has achieved nothing so far. Mm-hmm. We get a, in my mind, absolutely fantastic rotating shot around Saeed while he's explaining it. Really well done. We get to see, like, the entire beach, all the wreckage. It looks really great. He explains, you know, the batteries are only going to last a short time, so they will signal each other with bottle rockets. And then he says the sentence, Thank God for fireworks smugglers. We're on episode 7, and they are already having to come up with fireworks smugglers as a way to, like, explain stuff on the island. Yeah. Um, are fireworks illegal? Like, certain fireworks illegal in Arizona? I, I think that there's certain ones that are kind of illegal everywhere, but, like, they're not, like, fully banned here or anything like that. Okay. They are in Especially, Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, they're fully banned there? Not fully banned, but, um, like, you have to go across the border to Wisconsin to get, like, the quote-unquote good fireworks. Sure. Um, but there's not... in. <laughs> To my knowledge, an international trade for bottle rockets where somebody would be putting them on a plane in right. Sydney to bring them to the, I mean, or... They're going to Los Angeles, a place yeah. where you can get fireworks. Right. <laughs> right. It's a lot of yeah. holes in this episode, but you know what? I'm here for it. Yeah. And I think part of the, I mean, as we've seen on the show, they have like 4,000 tarps. Yeah. Like, you kind of have to ignore the fact that the island, or that the, the plane, like, crashed into a Home Depot that was in the air. Well, illegal tarp uh, smugglers. No, those <laughs> are a real thing. Thank God for tarp smugglers, yeah. yeah. Thank, thank God. <laughs> yeah, so Saeed needs a laptop battery to be able to power the transceiver, because it's dead. And uh, Kate knows just who would have one. She goes to ask Sawyer for it, and she is coming in so hard on him immediately she's so mad at him mm -hmm. uh she calls him a parasite uh says that he doesn't want to leave because there's no one for him to go back to and that she pities him he very obviously has his feelings hurt by this <laughs> he's uh he gives her the laptop battery but like i don't know this was a weird choice by kate she was she's, being mean she's very mean to him yeah being a bully and to be fair sawyer has been misogynistic and racist 100% of the time that he's been on the island. So, like, I get that you would find him unpleasant, but I gotta say, when you're asking somebody for something, not you probably don't start with, like, you piece of shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Give me a laptop battery. <laughs> not the way to go about it. And your daddy probably didn't even love you. Mm -hmm. Which uh, would be a valid thing to say to any of the characters on this show. Back in the caves, Jack and Hurley are moving everything from the beach in... Uh, Charlie tries to help, but he ends up accidentally breaking the bag. So my question to you is, do you think this was on purpose? I do, kind of, right? Like, it was, it's too coincidental that it was just a bag full of drugs. Right. And he starts going through them looking for something. He says he's looking for aspirin, and that might honestly just be all he's looking for, because it's not like a medicine that you can take that would help with withdrawals that, like, a person would have in their luggage. Yeah, 
Like, I can't imagine Jack would have anything. Jack, you know, catches him while he's looking through the medicine, and he finds out Charlie's holding on to some anxiety medication. And it says, pretty strong, strong stuff for a headache, but Charlie says he's just looking for aspirin. And um, Jack says, you know, are you all right? But, like, you know, go rest. We, we don't need you right now. Which is the exact wrong thing to say to Charlie. Yeah, but do you think that Jack kind of knows what's going on in this moment? I think that Jack knows what's going on in terms of the withdrawals. Yeah. I don't think he knows what's going on in terms of Charlie's insane insecurity about feeling needed. Sure. Right now. For sure. But I feel like he could have given him some sort of, like, had a heart-to-heart. Like, that was kind of the time, I feel like. Because those withdrawals are really serious. So maybe even if they had something that would help just kind of, I don't know, calm his, I mean, maybe, I don't know, calm his nerves a little bit. I, if he had an inkling, I feel like he maybe should have talked to him about it then instead of waiting until later in the episode. But Well, if, uh, if he did, then he certainly got what was coming to him later on. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if he was just trying to wait for Charlie to say something. That could be. But so... Now, on the topic of Charlie's whole thing about, like, not feeling needed and feeling like nobody wants him, this is another thing that doesn't really work for me in this episode, because up until now, Charlie has been involved in basically everything. Yeah! Like, there's been, like, maybe one trip into the jungle where he wasn't a part of it, but he was there on the first episode, he went with him for the French transmission, which I guess was also technically the first episode, that was part two of the pilot. He, It's not like he's been, like, fully, like, cast aside, it's just something that, like... It's a problem that starts in this episode and effectively ends in this episode. Yeah, and I think also when he's being pulled into these uh, tasks, like, it's usually because he's trying to get an island girlfriend. So it's not even, it doesn't even really play into his islands, like, or into his insecurity. It's more so, like, he's just looking for some affection or, like, attention, so it doesn't, like, this is kind of, it feels like to me, like, the first time that we're really seeing that insecurity, and that's yeah. what doesn't really work for me. He's definitely an insecure person, but up until now, I didn't think that it was because he needed to be productive in some way. Right, because he, up until now, his whole thing has been, like, telling everyone he's, you know, a part of Drive Shaft and he's played bass and guitar mm-hmm. on a few songs and did some backing vocals. It is interesting, too, that Claire does not show up in this uh, episode, which she is his current island girlfriend, mm-hmm. maybe island wife. I don't know if they yeah. ever in, you know, ended up tying the knot in between episodes, but maybe. It has been eight days. Yeah, so, yeah. It, in one sense, it's kind of a good thing that Claire wasn't a focus of this, because you want to be able to just focus on Charlie as a person, but it feels like she should have been. Yeah. Uh, at least somewhere. I don't know why they didn't have her in more of this first season. I thought she was great. But. Yeah, same here. So back in a flashback, still at the church, Liam is trying to convince Charlie to stay. But Charlie's saying, I only care about the music. I don't like what this band does to me. Liam says, well, I'll look out for you. And Charlie says he'll do it. But when you know when I say we're done, we're done. And once again, Liam calls him a rock god, baby brother. Is he the worst liar of all time? Like, he's so unconvincing. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's hard to imagine Charlie actually got fooled by him, but I guess he did. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that actor's bad either. I don't know. There's just something about it that I don't love. Except for his shirt. It's so good. It's so good. 
back in the caves, Jin is uh, washing out his wrist, which is chafed or burned by the, the handcuff. Um, Sun comes by and says, why don't you have Jack look at it? But he says, no. And then he tells Sun to cover herself, because she is currently wearing just like a you know spaghetti strap tank top. And she says it's too hot and just kind of stares him down mm-hmm. and is clearly like openly rebelling against his control that he's been putting over her this entire time. Which, oh my gosh, I feel so relieved for that actress. <laughs> like, oh, it must have been miserable in Hawaii wearing like a full on cardigan buttoned up to the neck. Yes, you're wearing a fireproof librarian outfit. <laughs> I mean, Charlie's been in a hoodie this whole time, too. Oh, that's true. Like, especially this time, this episode where he's, like, basically sweating in every single present-day scene. Uh, And a lot of the flashbacks. And a lot of the flashbacks. He's sweaty this episode. (laughs) It's a sweaty episode. But yeah, this is great. And again, you just kind of wish there had been more of Sun and Jin in this episode. But again, that's an ensemble show. It'll ebb and flow, I suppose. Mm Mm-hmm. Hurley gives Charlie his guitar, and because Jack said it was in the way, and this is the straw that breaks the camel's back, Charlie goes into further into the cave uh, to yell at Jack. He's just 100% venting his insecurities, and uh, Jack is taking it like a champ. He seems like an incredibly angry person, so it's nice that he hasn't gotten mm-hmm. angry at Charlie yet. He eventually says, you know, like, sit down, I'll, I'll take a look at you, and Charlie is clearly just yelling at his brother now, saying, oh, you'll look out for me, huh? Is that how it's going to be? Um, we'll look out for each other. And his yelling causes a cave-in. Charlie makes it out in time, but Jack is trapped. So Charlie goes to the beach to get help, and Hurley says, you know, make sure to tell Kate, I guess because everyone knows their boyfriend and girlfriend at this point. So Kate is walking with Saeed, uh, Saeed is talking about how improbable them surviving the crash is. Now, I think that it is, like, a thing that's happened, right? Where there's been, like, horrible plane crashes and people have been, like, completely fine at the end of it. Yeah, that has happened. Mm-hmm. And even, I know for sure, I've, like, read about, a, it's happened a couple times with, like, skydiving where someone's parachute doesn't open and they've just, like, landed. Yeah. not died. I, yes, I, like... I, I know somebody who knows somebody who that happened to. Really? Where their parachute didn't come out, but they survived. I wonder how you feel after that. Do you feel like you're in- indestructible, or do you feel like you've used up all of your luck for the rest <laughs> of your life? You've used up all of your luck. That's how I yeah, would that's feel. How I, yes. I would be like, oh, cool. I guess I can't ever leave my house again <laughs> without my bubble, because uh, I'm not going to make it. I used it up on that one accidental parachute not opening. So, Charlie runs down to the beach and tells Michael what happened. Michael gets two people we've never seen before, but who have been given speaking roles for this one scene. Oh, yeah, Scott and Steve. Yeah, Scott and Steve, uh, our best friends. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing, and listeners, you can feel free to add us on Twitter, at AllTheBestPods, send us an email, AllTheBestPodcast at gmail.com. I think of myself as a Scott, and I would say Emma is more of the Steve. I do have Uh, to agree with that. Okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. see, that seems right. But if you disagree, please let us know. Everybody starts going to the caves, and Boone has to join in. Of course he does. 
Yeah, I mean, of course he does. That's his whole thing. But, like, it's one of those things where it's like, dude, you are doing a thing right now that, like, technically could get you guys off the island. So you don't have to be one of the other hundred people to, like, go stare at Jack's corpse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he tells Shannon how to do the bottle rocket instead, and it seems kind of up in the air on whether or not she's actually listening or going to do it. But he, like, kind of pushes the right button, and he's like, well, can you even do this? Do you even know what's going on? So I, he knows how to, I don't know, get her riled up, as siblings do. Yeah, he and she, she takes it as a challenge and is presumably going to do it. So Charlie is on his way back, and then he says, talking to himself out loud, oh, I was supposed to tell Kate. Sawyer is wringing out his shirt uh, so that he can then change into a different shirt. Says mm-hmm. uh, that Charlie just missed her, but Sawyer will go tell her and gives Charlie a, you just keep doing whatever it is you do around here. Now, this is insane coming from Sawyer, because what Sawyer does around here is steal things and be mean and racist. Yeah. So, like, Sawyer has contributed truly nothing. Charlie's at least done some stuff. Uh, we flash back to a concert. We finally get the long-awaited live version of You All Everybody. What do you think about this song? I think that it's good that Liam is singing it <laughs> instead of Charlie. Okay, like we've heard... You're Team Liam. I'm kind of Team Liam when it comes to the song. Like, we've heard Charlie try to do the... You all, everybody. He has just yes. such a, like, whiny, <laughs> high octave. Yeah. Like, nobody wants that. Like, let yeah. Liam sing it. But he gets so insecure about it because he wants to... Yeah. But that was kind of the right move. It's a bad song. It's a I guess super it's super bad song, but Liam makes it a tiny bit better. Here's my question. It is a bad song, but do you think it's the kind of bad song that could have been like a song in the summer in early 2000s? Absolutely. Okay. Without a yeah. doubt, absolutely. For sure. They're like neck and neck with some uh, Weezer song. Mm-hmm. So they start going into the dressing room, and then this is, I would say, to me at least, the biggest missed opportunity in the episode. Hmm. They pass a girl with... A big afro on their way into the dressing room. Did you notice her? I did, yeah. Okay, so she should have been who the episode was about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over Charlie. I want, I, the camera, it felt like a sliding doors thing. Mm-hmm. Where the camera could have just started following her. And we could have had a really good second half to this thing. But, no. He, Charlie and Liam argue. Liam says it's not going to happen again. Charlie sees Liam pulling brown sugar out of a film canister Mm -hmm. as he's slamming the door so he's seeing the beginning of liam using michael runs to the cave he immediately just kind of starts taking over he's the new foreman i guess i love this scene i think this is like the best scene of the episode because it just like you kind of get walt turning the tide about his father and right yeah well this is great because so like up until now michael hasn't done anything Mm -hmm. right like he Michael has just been a dad to Walt, mm-hmm. which is perfectly fine, but, like, if we're looking at contributions, he really hasn't done much. He got gored in the leg on a hunt, and that was about it. Yeah, now there, it seems like they're finally like, okay, this is something we can give Michael. He's, like, the building guy. Mm-hmm. What I will say is Michael immediately determines which wall of the cave is load-bearing. I 
seems I I don't think that he knows how to do that from eight years in construction. I don't unless he was constructing caves. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, we haven't yeah, really seen a lot of his backstory. Yet. I know. Well, that's true. When we get a Michael episode and he is determining cave uh, architecture, mm-hmm. it's good. He takes over the dig. Um, Sawyer goes to <laughs> goes to tell Kate. About Jack, and she just immediately was like, what do you want, you pathetic little worm? <laughs> <laughs> and so he doesn't say anything. He says, you know what, you're right, I'm a parasite, so I'm just going to come and help you guys. Tags along with them. Jack is skinning a boar, and Charlie comes under the pretense of telling him about Jack, but he really just wants to ask for his drugs back. Locke doesn't answer him and shows him a moth cocoon. Uh, now... First thing he says is butterflies get all the attention, but moths can spin silk and yada, yada, yada. So it seems like he's a pretty big, like, moth simp. He's a moth guy. <laughs> yeah. He's he's hashtag yeah. team moth. Mm-hmm. I think I get a side with Locke on this one. I'm team moth as well. They look cool. They do look very cool. So he explains, you know, this moth is about to come out of this cocoon. And I could, you know, make the opening bigger and help it come out, but... If I did that, then the moth would be too weak to survive. Um, struggle is nature's way of strengthening it. Now, did you understand this at all? Why would he say this to Charlie right here? Hmm. How is this applicable to Charlie? Not sure, really. Yeah. Again, a very well, nuanced episode. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mystery. <laughs> um, if anyone can let us know, please email us. But yeah, that's the second time Charlie's asked for his drugs. Next time... Locke's going to give them to him. What do you think about this little, like, I'm going to give it to you when you, when you ask me three times? Because it kind of makes Locke seem like a genie, right? And he's already, like, bald. <laughs> That's true. I guess this episode, um, he's tough love island daddy. Like, yeah. that's, you know, his whole relationship with Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, like... We kind of saw last episode, like, he's clearly thinking of himself as working on behalf of the island, I think, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, trying to help Charlie through this. Because otherwise, why would he care? Right. Um, I guess maybe just in terms of you could have compassion for someone going through withdrawals or battling with addiction. But you wouldn't get that involved with it, I don't think. Yeah, he's, like, really getting into it with him. Yeah, he's crossing some boundaries, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so the diggers finally break through to Jack in the cave. Um, he's alive, but he says he's pinned. And Jack does check on Charlie and say, is Charlie okay? And they say, yeah, he got out okay. Uh, which is nice, because Charlie did cause the cave-in. Mm-hmm. Saeed leaves uh, Sawyer and Kate, uh, and he tells Kate that he doesn't trust Sawyer. And she says, I can handle myself. And he says, no, I don't trust him with you. This is the first time that there, like, is any inkling of Saeed and Kate flirting. But yet they, like, mentioned it earlier in the season. So I'm wondering, like, what got cut? Because this is the first time we're seeing anything. Obviously, it was supposed to be some sort of storyline. And then they just scrapped it. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Because, yeah, they mention it, and then they start showing stuff for yeah. it. So it felt like maybe they just came up with the idea that they wanted Saeed to have a little crush on Kate. It seems like uh, they respect each other, but it does not seem like she reciprocates. 
And it didn't even seem like he was like super into her either. Like it was just like a passing. Com- There's no chemistry there. There's really not, which is a bummer because they have good chemistry as, like, uh, as just buddies. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it is weird, but yeah, Kate says she can handle Sawyer, so Saeed takes off to do his side of it. I guess also like it's 2004. Like, if there's any kind of chemistry between a male and female character, they have to make it into some sort of crush or, like, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to make something out of it that isn't there. They Well, yeah, it all has to be... It, they have to do as many love triangles as possible. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, that is always interesting. I mean, the show has only been out for seven episodes at this point, so... They've maybe gotten feedback in terms of, like, notes from the studio and that kind of thing. But they haven't gotten, like, there isn't a ton of people out there who are just like, oh, Saeed and Kate are my favorite ship or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they're clearly trying to put Jack and Kate up there as, like, the couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, they've literally been doing that since episode one. So, yeah, this does kind of feel like maybe they're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. uh, That they can can make. Yeah, I don't know. Don't don't necessarily buy it. Mm Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, Michael explains that they can't make the hole any bigger, so it'll have to be someone small that goes in there. I think Jin starts talking, and Hurley goes, oh, we don't understand Chinese, dude. And finally, someone corrects him and says Korean. Mm -hmm. Michael corrects him and says they're Korean. So presumably, we will never have to listen to that again. Uh, (laughs) We'll see. And Charlie offers to do it. Uh, He's alone on the island because, of course, Claire doesn't exist this episode. So he has no family. Um, When you think about it, he has a baby on the way. Like, he's... Yeah. He's got the most at stake. He's an expectant father. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Sawyer starts a conversation with Kate. He asks her, you know, what she likes about Jack. Actually, the exact phrase that he uses are, uh, why does he make you weak in the loins? Oh, my God. That made me... (laughs) Oh, cringe so hard. Yeah. Hated that. Yes. See, now, like, right there, right? That is the exact moment where you're like, oh, anything hateful that Kate does to Sawyer for the rest of the episode, justified. Mm -hmm. You just needed him to say the phrase weak in the loins early on. Right. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) Uh, He says if he was a doctor, he'd be running this island, too. And Kate is just offended at the mere idea that he would compare himself to Jack. And Sawyer gets... Uh, mad about this says difference between us ain't all that big sweetheart i guarantee you if you had survived a few more weeks on this island you'd have figured that out mean this is very mean he clearly just wanted to hurt her as much yeah, as possible he's out for and blood. he succeeded yeah. yeah it definitely paints sawyer as someone who is like you wrong him he will like he's not gonna let that go mm-hmm. at all uh and kate just pieces out she doesn't even say like you need to make sure the transmitter like nothing like that she just takes off And then Charlie starts going through the tunnel. We get another flashback. Charlie kicks a bunch of ladies out of the dressing room. Uh, There's, like, seven, like, hidden behind different, like, planters and vases and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he gets them all. Turns out Liam missed soundcheck because he's just so messed up on on heroin. Uh, Charlie tries to pull the plug, but Liam, you know, screams at him. Says, you know, I'm driveshaft. Nobody knows who the bass player is, which... To be fair, true. Nobody does know who the bass player to Driveshaft is, yeah. as we've, except for John Locke. 
Um, did you notice the blurred out mirrors? No, I didn't. So there's one shot where there are some mirrors that are like completely... Because the whole dressing room is like just covered in mirrors everywhere. And it looks great, but there's one shot where I looked on the wiki because I was trying to figure out what was up with it. And I guess there had been camera people in the shot. So instead of doing a David Lynch and making them the main antagonist of the show, (laughs) they decided to just uh, blur it out. But I've never noticed that before. I only really noticed it on this wash through, maybe just because I was paying attention better. Mm-hmm. But uh, Charlie goes to sit down at uh, the vanity, pulls out another. I love that they keep it in like those old school like film roll bottles. Mm-hmm. Like, do those even exist anymore? They can't, right? I bet my dad has. I some, guess they do. Like laying around, but I I doubt that they're like produced anymore, right? Like, that, is, that for sure is not what people would be keeping their drugs in now. No. It would probably just be regular pill bottles, I guess. Or actually, I'm pretty cool. I do a lot of drugs, so <laughs> I guess I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what other people keep their drugs in. Charlie breaks down over a bag of heroin, and we kind of get the sense that, like, this is him, like, you know, finally going to sink to the level of using it. Again, I just, it doesn't... It's so corny, but not in, like, a good way. Mm-hmm. It just feels very boring. I think part of the problem with this episode, right, is, like, we already knew Charlie was addicted to drugs. So, like, just seeing him get addicted to drugs, like, you can see the element of, like, his brother, you know, his older brother really, like, didn't look out for him and, and kind of caused him to be on that path. That is interesting. It's just, it's mostly stuff we already just could have guessed, Right. right off the bat. So I think it makes it just less interesting. And I feel like there's a dynamic with his brother that they could have explored so much deeper than just like, oh, yeah, his older brother was a piece of shit. Like, put him on this path that was really bad. And, like, it kind of goes back to what the priest said at the beginning of the episode where it's like, no, you're making these choices. These are your temptations. Like, I wish that they would have explored that a little bit more than making it seem like, oh, his older brother pushed him to the edge and then he had to do drugs because it doesn't really fit the narrative. Right. Yeah. It. I mean, I guess these are all like, you know, Hollywood writers, so I'm sure that they've done drugs, but it just feels like somebody who has not ever actually done drugs. Yeah. This. I don't know. It just, it's a little bit it just feels corny and not in a good way, like I said. So mm-hmm. we get um, Charlie going back through the tunnel. He makes it through to Jack and he says, I'm here to rescue you. Uh, so I guess this is a Star Wars reference. Oh, it I'm is? Not one of these. Yeah, because I guess that's what Luke says to Leia when he gets to her on the. Is it on. Are they on the Death Star? I don't remember. Um. Which I believe Luke is the little green one, if I remember <laughs> right, from Star Wars. I haven't really watched it too much, so. Right. He's um, the, the copper one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the, uh, I think there will be more of those, though, as the show goes on, too. I think there's, like, a bunch of, like, hidden little Star Wars references oh, all over the show. Huh. Yeah. Um. So this is where it all began. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. <laughs> so the tunnel is collapsed. Kate gets to the caves. Um, and everyone's just kind of sitting around because they think they're dead in there. Uh, and Kate 
says, you know, why is nobody digging? And then just immediately jumps in, and then everyone else starts helping her. Uh, fair point. Feels like you should try. Like, even if you're not thinking of, like, not caring about whether these people live or die, that is the only doctor. Like, yeah. You gotta, you, you gotta go in for round two, I'm, I'm thinking, for the only doctor on the island. Mm-hmm. Jack's shoulder is dislocated, and Charlie pops it in. Uh, this is not how dislocation works, right? That's not, like, you can't just, like, pull on it and just pop it right back in, right? Uh, I don't know anything about it. I've never had my shoulder dislocated. Um, yeah. But I feel like there is more to it than just, like, pulling as hard as you can on somebody's arm. Yeah. I feel like that would make it worse. It It's one of those things that I think get got to be famous. Kind of like... Uh, like cracking someone in the back of the head and then they're just knocked out for like as long as you need them to be, which I guess we will also see in this episode mm-hmm. later on. Um, but like, it's an injury that you can do that is like visceral because of the sound effects, but also you don't have to do like any real makeup for it or anything like that. Like you don't have to like make a big gruesome injury and it doesn't mess with ratings. Sure. So I feel like a lot of things do the dislocation, but I don't think that it I don't think that that's accurate. I don't think you can just pop it back in like that, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I feel like you'd still have to go to a doctor. Yes, but luckily he is one, so I guess he knows. In flashback, uh, Charlie is uh, in Australia now, um, where Liam lives. Uh, Liam is cleaned up, so of course he wears a sweater vest and glasses now. And he shaved off the chops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The sideburns are gone. This uh, sucks. This, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what an absurd... Like, I don't know. Just be a little... I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, I know people that were kind of in that same sort of... I mean, I'm not going to say that Drive Shaft is a hardcore band, but, like, they were in, like, you know, like, hardcore scenes and then have, like, gotten clean. And, like, they still dress the same. Yeah. They still have the same sense of style that they've had their entire life. Like, they don't right. just stop. They don't just They don't just go, well, uh, I've poured all of my heroin down the toilet, so I guess it's time to put on some khakis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, guess that's, like, maybe one of my biggest gripes with the episode is that, like, it's such a inauthentic, like, depiction of addiction. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I just, oh man, I don't like it. I think you could have easily done a better contrast by uh, showing him being a good dad. Right. Like, showing, because the idea, right, behind this episode is that he didn't take care of Charlie. So if you have him taking care of his daughter, mm-hmm. it it would be a lot, I think that would, I mean, thematically that is still what he's doing, I guess. But it just doesn't land as much when you're just like, oh, for shorthand for him being clean, he just dresses like a square now. Yeah. Um, but uh, what can you do? You got to get through these quick, I guess. He, Charlie's trying to get Liam to bring the band back together. Uh, they've got a gig, but only if Liam is willing to join them. Uh, Charlie tries to like call back and be like, you know, you you asked me to do it once, and I said yes, um, and now I'm asking you. And Liam says, no, I'm not going to do it. Look, you're still using because his hand is shaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie breaks down. Also, he's not wearing the music slut shirt. Where do you think that shirt is? Do you think he burned it when he got clean? Maybe. What a crying shame. I don't... 
don't want to spoil anything, but I will say this. That sure does not show up for the entirety of the rest of the show. It's Ooh. probably the biggest disappointment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could probably get that, right? That's probably online somewhere. It has some to be. lost fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some insane lost fan that is putting up music slut shirts. Um, yeah, Charlie blames Liam and tells him, I mean, fairly rightfully so, that it's his fault. Uh, well, I don't know if it is rightfully so. I, I guess it is like you were saying, like, Charlie's the one deciding to do all this stuff. But Liam tries to get him help and says, I'm just looking out for you. And Charlie says, you never looked out for me. Uh, and then we cut to Jack, who is trying to look out for Charlie, asking about the withdrawals, if there's any hallucinations. So there was supposed to be, there was a scene that was like, it wasn't ever filmed and it was cut, but it was supposed to be when Charlie was walking back to the caves, he was going to hallucinate and see Jack dressed like Liam uh, singing You All Everybody. Is that so real? That's why, well, it's not in the... Uh, but they it, wanted it, it to do that? It was in the script, yes. Wow. And they just never, they never shot it. Okay. I would have loved to see it. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine Jack with those chops? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh... But yeah, so that's when, when Charlie says, you know, when he says, have you had any hallucinations? And Charlie goes, oh, apart from that conversation I just had with you back in the jungle, that was supposed to be like an actual thing instead of just a little joke. Oh, okay. Interesting. But yeah, Jack says they're using up their oxygen. Uh, they're not going to make it too long. Uh, and Charlie sees a moth that he follows. Um, Michael is trying to get Kate to stop digging, but... You know, she won't stop. Uh, he says that she needs a break or she's going to kill herself. Seems maybe not correct. Seems a little dramatic. Yeah, she's been doing it for like, what, an hour or two at this point? Um, it's still daytime. So it's not like uh, she hasn't been doing it for like 12 hours or anything like that. Um, but uh, Charlie and Jack, classic horror movie ending. They Their hand pops out of the ground mm-hmm. and they come back in. They're just coming through the entrance uh, Walt, I guess, doesn't know Jack's name because he just says the doctor. And, uh, yeah, they all, they're all celebrating. Kate gives Jack a big ol' hug, and everyone congratulates Charlie and says, nice job. Uh, Charlie finally gets the recognition that he has desperately needed this entire time. Saeed lights off his rocket. Shannon, like, was absolutely going to screw it up except for the woman that she's talking to. Mm-hmm. Who probably should have been Claire, at the very least. Yes. Points out that the rocket was going off, so Shannon lets off hers. Um, and then Saeed turns to look at Kate's transceiver, uh, and the rocket over there goes off. But we don't see it. Um, we don't see Sawyer light it. Uh, Saeed turns it on, and he's getting a signal. He's triangulating in whatever way that works, but then he gets conked in the head and knocked out. Is this, this is not the first concussion on the island. Who else has no. been concussed? Who else has been concussed so far? I mean, I imagine people in the crash. I think this might be the first, like, smack in the face to get is you to be knocked out, mm, though. Okay. Yeah. So now, at nighttime, Charlie is not looking good. Jack covers for him about saying he has the flu when Hurley asks... And Charlie goes, says he's going to go stretch his legs. Walt asks Michael if they can live in the caves. Michael kind of like gives like a meaningful glance towards Sun. Mm-hmm. Again, they're, I mean, 
Michael had a decent amount to do this episode, but they're still just hinting at something between those two. Uh, and Kate makes Jack a sling uh, for his arm. And they're apparently buddies now and not mad at each other anymore. Michael Jack says Michael checked out the integrity of the rest of the caves. Uh, so I guess there's no more cave-ins that are going to happen there. Uh, Charlie goes to track down Locke and asks for his drugs. And Locke gives him this look of just absolute disgust. Mm-hmm. It's great. You really feel like he's super disappointed in Charlie. Uh, Charlie does his own Lord of the Rings and is just staring at those, uh, the, the bag of brown sugar, Smeagol style, mm-hmm. and then drops it into the fire, Mount Doom style. Uh, Locke tells Charlie that he's proud of him, um, which is maybe all Charlie has ever wanted to hear from his new dad. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie, uh, sees a moth fly into the sky, uh, and end of episode. And then we get an after credit scene where Charlie is later snorting all the ashes of that fire the next morning. He's clearly made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a good ending. It's emotional. The mu- I think the music carries it. The music does carry it. Did you think that he was going to take the drugs for the third time? Uh, the first time I watched it, I honestly was not sure. I know that they were like building it up, but like I guess up until now I'm just like, not really been a huge fan of Charlie, so it wouldn't have surprised me. But. Sure. I think, and we'll probably talk about this, maybe this is more relevant for future Charlie episodes, there is kind of an element of this, like, fully finishes it, right? Because, like, he's not going to be able to get more heroin on the island. Yeah. So, this is his arc. So, his everything we know about him so far is, like, rock star and uh, drug addict. Um... So anything in flashbacks, he would have to be addicted to drugs. But now on the island in the present, he's past that. Like, he Mm -hmm. just physically has to be past that. So I think it... I mean, we'll see later on. But I think it... I don't think that this episode sets future Charlie episodes up for success. I think it makes it that they have a bar to clear now. That they shouldn't have had to necessarily. By getting rid of his drug problem this early. Oh, sure. Okay. Overall, I mean, it's a good episode. I enjoyed it. And there's great performances in it. The IMDb list that ranked uh, House of the Rising Sun at like 108 or whatever is ranking this one at number 24. Which I is am going to insane blow to me. my desk over. Are you kidding me? 24? <laughs> yeah. No. There wow. is, it is not 24. It is, there are better episodes uh, than this. More than 23 better episodes than this one, for sure. There are definitely worse episodes as well, I think, coming, but I liked the I liked the moth thing. I mean, it just hits you over the head with it, but it's it, it's a nice image. Terry O'Quinn really brings it. Yeah, like, he's great. He really brings that monologue. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's episode seven. Uh, next week we have episode eight, Confidence Man. Which, uh, you know, I could use some of that, some confidence, man. You know what I mean? I can't wait for the Sawyer episode. Yes. It's, I'm really I mean, excited. Did you see what the Hulu tagline is? No, for, I didn't. Uh, they're so funny. I Maybe I should start getting them because they're like... it. It's written by someone who had the episode described to them, but in a way that was like... not re- Like the, the, the Sawyer... The, the tagline is, uh, we learn more about Sawyer... 
uh, through flashbacks and about how he's not who he says he is. Oh. But it's like, okay, well, he hasn't really said who he is yeah. until this point. <laughs> right. like, so that's not really like, it's not like, oh, my name's actually, you know, Jake. Like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you're still the, I still can only really judge you on your actions thus far. Yeah, so do we have anything that happened in November of 2004, Emma? Yes. So, um, pretty big week. George Bush was officially reelected president. Um, wow. Just uh, a day or two before this aired. Um, mm. So, yep. And then more, I won't get into it, but just more disheartening news from the ongoing war in the Middle East, too. Um, but I think uh, George Bush being reelected is just, um, yeah, really speaks to the time. Yeah. So what do you, how, how do you feel about George Bush? Fan? <laughs> yeah. I mean. Okay. Obviously, no. Just, <laughs> like, okay, here's. Here's my thing, right? I absolutely despise his paintings, but his politics to me are great. I love everything mm-hmm. that he did politically, mm-hmm. but his paintings, ugh, terrible. Disgusting. Yeah, awful. No, George W. Bush is a wicked man who will one day burn in the fires of hell if there mm-hmm. is any justice in this world, which, uh, considering he got reelected, there actually probably isn't. Yeah, good times. Anything else that we need to talk about? Does that cover it? I guess I just want to touch on, like, they really hit us over the head with the Oasis parallels, too. Oh, my god! Like, they're drinking yeah. champagne the entire time. I mean, Champagne Supernova was a huge hit of theirs. Um, uh, they also started in Manchester, um, which they're supposed to have as well. Uh, but I looked it up because I was wondering, like, was there some big fight that they had in, like, 2003, 2004? That was, mm-hmm. like, depicted in this episode. And I guess they didn't officially break up until 2000 and, um, 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah. But there must so have... So somebody just caught the vibes. Somebody caught early. the vibes. Yeah. I can't remember which one of them. One of them's on Twitter. And he's only on Twitter to, like, shit on the other one. Really? <laughs> and it's, uh, it is funny in the sense that, like... I can just visit that Twitter page sometimes. It is depressing when you think about, like, oh, that's what this dude just does. Yeah. Now. Okay. I, I liked Oasis a lot. I had the album, the Champagne Supernova yeah. Wonderwall album. Yeah, I don't know. I I wonder, I was trying to, like, search, because I wasn't, like, really big into them at mm-hmm. that point. I kind of got into them a little later, probably after they broke up, but I didn't mm-hmm. see, like, any kind of huge conflict maybe i'm not searching hard enough but listeners if you have any information on oasis circa 2003-2004 yeah please let us know primarily this podcast is about lost it's about mine and emma's relationship with our respective fathers and it is also now about oasis gossip yeah those are the three pillars um Mm -hmm. please contact us and you can do that at all the best pods on Twitter, all the best podcasts at gmail.com. Send us snail mail. Give me skywriting. Mm-hmm. Any way you want to contact us that you can, please feel free. Really encourage skywriting. 
Yeah, Skyrim. It's good for the environment, I have to assume. Well, until next week, get lost. Get lost.